Hey, hey, homebodies, what's happening? It's your girl, the Toe Lady, Rachel Presser, coming at you live from New York. And today, we're going to be discussing differences between European homes and American ones. Yeah, there's some pretty interesting differences between the two when it comes to structure, materials, and also urban planning. Because, uh, yeah, while that may not seem like something's going to factor in to one individual home immediately, it, it does. You know, even just, like, the thumbnail image that I actually used for this article, you know, it showed, you know, a couple of houses um, that are on the small side and just jammed very close together. It reminds me a lot of that, of, like, these houses, um, like, you know, like, like, I think it was on, like, 37th Avenue in Jackson Heights that I saw them. It's a neighborhood in Queens, if you're unfamiliar. Um, It's like that gooch between Jackson Heights and Elmhurst. I saw a bunch of little houses that looked just like that. And yeah, like I just don't see houses that little, you know, like outside of New York for the most part, at least not in America. Um, no, cause even, yeah, like those tract homes, like in Levittown and so on, they're a little bit bigger, got a lot more space between the properties. And that urban planning aspect actually factors in quite heavily. Um, Homes in in most European countries tend to be a lot smaller than we're used to in America. Like the average um, new home in in America, ten, I mean, I I believe that the figure was somewhere around like like twenty three hundred square feet is like our average um, like new home size. It used to be around eighteen hundred, give or take. Um, actually, no correction, a little under twenty four hundred square feet. Um, it was around 1740 in 1980, just a little fact-checking here. And, yeah, so homes have actually gradually gotten bigger and bigger with time. They have across the pond, too, but definitely not to the same exponent. Um, because, yeah, like, European countries aren't a monolith, just like how states here aren't exactly a monolith. Um, while the home sizes all over tend to skew a lot smaller than they do over here. Um, just like going by some of you know, some of the averages that I found in my research, um, most of them like are definitely under a thousand square feet for average home size. Um, and but when the UK was still part of the European Union, it actually had the, the, the smallest homes of all of them, which is something I find very curious, you know, because like with the way that things are going right now, people keep talking about, yeah, the end, you know, of the British Empire coming and oh yeah, we're kind of in a whole doomsday flux at the at the time. And um I just keep thinking about that and I just find it so interesting, yeah, that that basically, yeah, like Britain gave birth to the US for the most part. And um Things are, yeah, like, homes there are just so much smaller than they are over here. Um, I haven't been in that many homes, like, when I've traveled um, to the UK. Um, I mean, I remember, like, being, like, yeah, like, at my, um, my friend, well, one of my friends, uh, when we stayed with her aunt, like, way, like, way back when I was in um, my, my early 20s, I was bumming around northern England. I remember we stayed at her apartment in Glasgow, which was... A really nice size and layout. I remember really liking that apartment. Um, I'm gonna estimate it was like maybe around like six, like six hundred, six fifty square feet for a little one bedroom flat. 
um, just give or take. And that's apparently, yeah, that's what the average home size is. So for a family, like on, you know, like in, like on, in England on the mainland, like the average size was something like only 775 square feet, which would maybe be like a large one bed or small two bed apartment here in New York. And that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I remember when I was in London um, for a conference at the, end of, at the end of 2018, even like my hotel room was just like this tiny thimble. Like I, I've been in bigger ones like in Asia and other places that, you know, are also like, like, notorious for having like tiny space, but like almost none of them, yeah, compared to England. Um, which is which I just find it really interesting. Um, whereas, yeah, just like looking at some of the other countries, um, you know, that I researched, um, average home size, like, and yeah, in France is around 850 square feet. Um, Germany, just under a thousand. Italy came out the largest at like, yeah, like 1165 square feet. Yeah, but all things are relative because I imagine that homes in and near the city centers tend to be smaller than say, yeah, like those like Mediterranean villas, you know, that you've probably heard about. Um, those tend to be a lot bigger. You know, those that's probably closer to like the average like American home. Well, with all that said, I mean, size obviously factors into, um, you know, the way the homes are laid out there because consumerist lifestyle just like, you know, isn't as much of a thing as it is over here. It's not just also an aspect of, you know, consumerism. It's also a matter of, um, you know, people tend to, you know, spend time outside the home a lot more. We tend to be a bit more isolationist here, not just in terms of, uh, you know, of policy, but just with the way that our urban planning is. I mean, look at how much space you know, is between, like, the houses and the and that thumbnail are just like, Go, go on Google image search out, look up, yeah, like what the average like, European uh, suburb or even just like city street looks like. And you see how closely jammed all the properties are. And there's a, yeah, that makes a notable difference because like when you're that much closer, you know, to your neighbor, when you have like that much more, you know, like element of shared space, you're going to have, like, less in your personal residence to work with for, for better or for worse. Like, yeah, having things like a yard, yeah, yeah, like a yard, you know, if you have pets or kids is obviously a nice thing to have. But then it's also nice to have that community element. Um, I remember, yeah, like, how, like when, when my family, like, you know, lived in this, like, suburb in Jersey and it, it was, it was boring as fuck it was isolating like i had like no other kids to play with um and i mean yeah i enjoy my own company but like that can really suck if you have kids like there's just like no one else there for them to play with and you know a lot of average of suburban streets in america like these days it looks like nobody even lives there um there's like no real sense of community or anything you know people just tend to go to work, go home, shut themselves up inside their homes, and that's it. Um, and then when you have, like, yeah, like, recreational elements, like, pools, or, like, yeah, going out, um, to, I don't, I don't know, like, ski or something, like, people, like, yeah, like, you know, will have, um, yeah, their own gear, their own supplies to some extent in Europe, just like how some people would here, but features like pools, for instance, like, are just not really seen 
across the pond. Like that's something you really go to like a you know like a public place for. Like you know, like you have like more community. Yeah, you have more communal elements than you do in the states. Like where it's common yet to have a pool in your backyard or like tons more space to like yeah like make your own game room you know or make your own like home gym for instance um it's just yeah like over over there you just have far less space to work with and so because you have urban plan urban planning that's more focused around community elements and um you know yeah like having less space to work with this means that you're actually going to have a far more energy efficient home because you're not burning tons of energy running all the shit <laughs> um that's one major difference, and it actually boils down to materials, because keep in mind, it gets a lot colder in a lot of European countries, and namely in Western and Northern Europe, um, it tends to, yeah, it tends to get a lot colder, you're a lot closer to the Arctic Circle than we are. So when that heat wave came in 2019, it was, you know, a really big deal. I remember, like, you know, seeing a lot of a lot of people in my industry, you know, um, in you know in England and in Germany, like they were really freaking out um, because of the heat wave. Since air conditioning is not really a thing in home design um, across the pond, it, um, it's not like how it's it's ubiquitous, you know, in in most parts of America. But um, it's not even seen in a lot of offices. Like you, you only get air conditioning in some like industrial buildings, like malls or stadiums maybe you don't really see them much in um in homes and offices other other segments where you're more likely to be on a regular basis because the building materials are like very like thickly insulated with concretes and and, and metal so that it keeps the heat in which is great for the winter that really sucks in the summer especially as Temperatures are beginning to consistently rise, and uh, yeah, that's not good. Um, and so the other drawback to this is that while you know, like the building structures tend to be a lot more energy efficient based on the size and the materials, and the fact that um, another thing is, yeah, appliances tend to be smaller in Europe as well. So like, what would we, what would normally be you know a compact size in in the states? would be a regular size over there. You know, people tend to shop a lot more often. It's not like in America where we tend to, like, go to Costco and, like, doomsday prep. You know, it's... Yeah, people tend to, like, go sh go grocery shopping a lot more often. And aside from that, they also just buy less than we do for non-essentials as well. So there's just, like, less urgency to constantly buy and restock. Um... I don't know. We're a very scared, paranoid country. What what can I say? Well, especially I don't know now. Those, but you know, with these, with all this panic buying, with coronavirus and everything, um, which yeah, I understand having to do that. Um, you're even seeing panic buying across the pond as well. Um, we we actually might have might be a little more prepared here because of those bigger homes that have tons more space to also keep those hordes well well insulated. Um, but yeah, because, but because energy, you know, um, efficiency is very, you know, prioritized over there, one drawback is that you're going to have higher energy bills than you're used to over here. Like, I forget what exactly, like, the, co like, the cost, like, per 
for what was, but it was something like when I was just like doing some calculations, comparing like my current energy bills to what I could expect to pay like on a comparable apartment like in Berlin. Like I pay about maybe fifty bucks a month um, for my electric bill because my condo covers gas, so I don't I don't pay that. I just cover electric and. It's not like 50 bucks a month for how often I'm home. It would be like 300 or 350 for the same exact square footage and my jaw dropped. I was like, holy shit. So what you're going to, you know, like, you know, what you're going to lose like in rent and healthcare and other, other things that are more expensive here, you're going to pay out the asset utility bills. So just a warning if you were thinking about doing an extended stay across the pond. So yeah, I'm actually doing a whole series about, you know, comparing American home design to other parts of the world. So you may want to, you know, go check that out on homestratosphere.com. Give us a follow at Homestratos, and I will catch you again next time.